Hey, what's up, Hunga family? Thank you for tuning in to another week, another episode. This is actually a bonus episode of the Hunga Podcast, a Philly-based culture and society podcast from a Black-ass queer perspective. I'm your host. I'm your producer of the Hunga Podcast, life coach and tennis bay, Eric Cole. You can find this show, this platform on social media and on your favorite podcasting platform by searching at Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Be sure to tap the bio link on the Instagram page. Subscribe, 99 cents a month. And also to access the Pod merch store, access past episodes of the Hunger Podcast, and also check out the Hunger Pod recommendations section at the very bottom. I just have some cool resources, helpful resources, links to some documentaries that I'm hung up on. So this week in Hung Up Pod news and black ass entertainment, I got to talk about our girl Beyonce. Beyonce made history at the 65th annual Grammy Award ceremony where she received her 32nd Grammy for the category was Best Dance Electronic Music Album for Renaissance. Beyonce took home two other awards. She took home Best Traditional R&B Performance Award for Plastic Off the Sofa and also took home Best R&B Song for Cuff It. When Album of the Year category came up, we many of us were on our seats and anticipated and was waiting for Beyonce's name to be called. And when it wasn't, it was a big disappointment. I checked in with Titus Burgess this week on Instagram Live, and we chatted about it. This woman has created masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece. Um, and I, I'm all for her having made history. That's one thing. But it's, it's almost like saying, oh, come on. It's almost like saying your Broadway show is going to tour and make millions of dollars anyways, but we're not going to give you the Tony because it wasn't a critical success. That's the best I can do because I'm a theater nerd but like I just don't it doesn't feel right right. it hasn't felt right for so long it seems like we keep going through this with Beyonce at the Grammys where she's witnessing somebody else getting album of the year when she's rightfully and leading up to this and they gotta they gotta know it and leading up into this Everyone was saying album of the year. All the big media outlets saying album of the year, album of the year. And we get to this point and it's like no album of the year. And no shade to who was it, Harry? I did the same thing. I did the same thing. They don't mean nothing, Harry. You fierce, you cute, you still get it. We just. It wasn't her time. Yeah, it wasn't Harry's time. I'm like, what? That, that's who? It. Harry, who? And then Harry got up on stage talking about this doesn't happen and to people he- like us. Oh, oh my god, I was just gonna say that. Come on. Sir. <sighs> sir. Sir. Really, sir? <laughs> like, it always happens to y'all. Come on, now. There were a lot of media outlets reporting out about this moment, Diplo, DJ Diplo's reaction when Beyonce got up to receive her award what it had looked like. And if you go back and watch the video and they kind of zoom in, it does look like 
he says to the person next to him, DJ Diplo says, they bought that. Speaking of, you know, talking about the Grammy that she, Beyonce, was going up to receive. Well, earlier today, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Higher Learning. Shout out to Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. And this topic came up and Van actually called Diplo on the phone and asked him for himself. Did you say that? They flashed the camera over to Diplo. People believe he mouthed and and it did look like this. That's what Twitter's saying. They bought that and it became this whole thing on Twitter. I'm calling Diplo right now. Hold on. See if he has Diplo. Uh, is it true that when Beyonce won her Grammy that you mouthed, she bought it? No, I said I'm glad to be part of it. There you go. Thank you, Diplo. Bye. It was dope. It was televised. Never had a dance music televised before. Fantastic. Didn't think so. Appreciate you, man. Peace. Did he say it? Do y'all believe him? I don't know. It's like when you watch the video back. It looks like either could really play in there. So who knows? Regardless, happy for mother. She broke records. Here we are in Black History Month. It just feels good. Didn't get album of the year, but still want to just uplift and shout out Queen B Beyonce for her three Grammy wins. And for now being the most decorated Grammy winner. Congratulations. And these tickets, look, I know I said on Hunger Pod Live with Tony on the YouTube show that I was ready. And, and, and I still am, but I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, I'm not as optimistic <laughs> as I was when we recorded that a few weeks ago. Um it's not looking too good out here, according to Black Twitter. <laughs> a lot of people put being put on the wait list. A lot of other folks haven't gotten a response at all. Some people have posted reasonable prices, um, screenshots of reasonable prices. A lot of other people have posted these ridiculous prices for tickets, um, prices that I'm not going to pay. Some of the, some of the girls are able, and some of y'all. <laughs> and shout out to the homie. Look. Maybe one of one of the homies in a group may be able to make it happen. I got one in mind. Um, well, one one of the group. I gotta check with him. Talk about he got tickets to Canada. Canada. Well, we we go. Well, shit, we coming. <sighs> I'll keep y'all posted if I actually make it to the concert. I'm hung up. So this was just a bonus episode and. I wanted to deliver the audio of the Instagram live conversation I had with Josh from Hill and Wild Black. His organization advocates for Black queer mental health. It was dope catching up with Josh. And also to hear him talk about how this work has impacted him on a personal level. What's up, what's up, Hunger family? We're here tonight with Healing My Black. I'm excited for this conversation. Such a dope guy. Such a dope guy. Dope guy. Before he jumps in, 
Support Me Bitch t-shirts and that bio link for those watching. I have a special code just for y'all. Hung up pod two, the number two. Use that in the checkout and you can get 10% off. Support Me Bitch merch in the link. Support me. Let's get Josh up in here. I'm excited. What's up? It took long enough for us to get it right. For me to get it right, my bad. Thank you. It's nah, it's all good. I'm glad we finally made it. Uh, Instagram didn't want us to be great tonight, I, I fear. Well, I mean, you know, Meta's letting Donald Trump back on. That's so all we need to know. <laughs> it's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. Are you on your Wi-Fi? You a little grainy there, brother. Oh, hello. Is that better? I can hear you good, though. Good? Yeah, actually, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, you look good. That's good to see you. The queer mental health advocate, Josh, also the founder of Healing While Black and curator of here at Healing Wild Black. Welcome to the Hug Up Podcast. I'm so, I'm, I'm excited that you, you're dialing in. Welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. So, you know, I gave you a slight introduction, but please introduce yourself and also let the people know where they can find you on social media. Yes. So my name is Josh. Pro pronouns are he, him, and his. I am the founder and curator of Healing Wild Black. Healing While Black is an online platform dedicated to the mental health and wellness of Black, queer, trans, and non-conforming people. I have been doing this for about six years now, off and on, um, and am really thankful for the opportunity to get to connect with dope fam like yourself um, and really move conversations forward around intersections of Blackness, queerness, masculinity, and how we don't always have the opportunity to show up as our full selves, depending on um, how we move through the world, how how many people we have to take care of. All those different things affect our ability to move throughout the world. So, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here, too, because we're going to talk about some of those things um, briefly. I'm not going to keep you here all night, but um, I just thought it was important that we had this conversation and it's kind of like a follow-up because I did some stalking. We have a little group, um, and we're going to talk about our group, of course. But I did some stalking. You know me, y'all, listen, very Wendy Williams style of me. You know, so sometimes I got the recorder on in places where I'm at. You know, you never know, you know. But <laughs> and so I just so happened to get a clip from a moment that we all shared together as a brotherhood, a very, a very small clip. But that is really what brought us here. Um, but before we do that, before we get into the conversation, hey, did you tell the people where, where they can find your social media? Yes, yes, you can find me um, on Instagram at Healing, Healing Wild Black and on Twitter at Healing Wild Black, but the B is spelled B-L-K on um, Twitter and also on Instagram at Healing Wild Black. Same thing, um, Black spelled B-L-K on, on TikTok, I should say. Okay. I'm glad you said that. Okay. Very cool. Um, you know, I, I posted a video, you know, in anticipation. The, the people are already following you. <laughs> um, Support me, bitch. Right? That's 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 what we do. We we are family here. Um, in anticipation for this discussion, 
I posted, reposted one of your videos and the caption of that video said, if your pro-blackness comes with homophobia or transphobia, your pro-blackness is trash. And I just wanted you to know, I, I just love that message. I stand 10 toes down with you in that message. And um, since I posted it, it's gotten a lot of love. Uh, what's up, queen? Um, it's gotten a lot of love. And I just want you to know your, your voice resounds in the community. And, and we love it, brother. And we really want to just uplift you. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate you. So, you know, before we get into the real, before we get into the conversation, I like to do what we call hung up, hanging up. It's a, it's a game that we always play here on um, this show to really get to know our guests. And so I'm just going to throw a few things at you real quick. Can you let me know what your thoughts are? If you want to pass, you can pass. Um, are you hung up or are you hanging up? Do you need me to explain to you what they mean? Yes, yeah, so what's hung up versus what's hanging up? Got yeah. you. So I, I wish my boy Tony was here because he, he explains it so well. So when you hung up, that means you're loving it. It's good. You're feeling it. You hung up. If you hanging up, next caller. Done. All right. All right. Got it. You ready? Ready. So this first one, I'm just going to do two. This first one, you actually already kind of touched on. Trump, um, Trump's Instagram and Facebook accounts are being reinstated really just in time for him to run for president. He's running for president in 2024. Are you hung up or are you hanging up? I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. There ain't nothing left to say. You know, if if a dude can't get permanently banned after inciting an insurrection, I don't know what is. I don't know what they're. So I'm just going. Just going to hang that up. We hanging up. Y'all can comment in the comments if you hung up or are you hanging up. Feel free to put your comments in the. Listen, I'm all the way with you 100, percent brother, because they're saying, "Oh, it was always a two year suspension." Okay. Okay. But y'all, the company, y'all can go and say, we don't care if it's a two-year suspension. We're going to make it a permanent suspension. Yeah. I thought that's this white people making all kinds of rules for themselves. We hanging out. Next one. Have you heard of... So MTV announces a new series. It's called The Real Friends of WeHo, starring Todrick Hall and Brad Goreski. Have you mm-hmm. seen the uh, previews for that? We go West Hollywood? Say it again. We hope West Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Enough. You haven't seen it. All right. Well, then the hell with it. I just want, <laughs> I was going to, I was going to ask you what you were thinking. Um, a lot of the people in the Twitter comments I saw were hanging up. Um, they, they, you know, people are saying they're t- tired of seeing gay representation coming from white people, even though Todrick is a member on the cast, but that was a part of the shade. So, all right. Well, Let's go ahead and <laughs> hey Ryan, what's <laughs> up? So, <laughs> Ryan is hanging up. Yeah, this is and just the fact that this man is running, and the fact that he has the ability to mm-hmm. run. Yeah. So we ain't we're not out the woods yet. So we gotta just do some. We gotta get to work. But this is where we are, Josh. Is it not? I mean, you know that that photo has been circulating, going around, trending where it details all the mass shootings that have happened since January 1st. And it's, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, but it's, it kind of is 
we, you know, I, I feel like <laughs> this is where we are. I mean, this is where we are. This is where we've been. You know, there's there's always been a a, a fixation on guns and going arming white men. Um, so this is nothing new. And also, I'm I'm I can't even say for for meaningful gun restricting restricting legislation. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think for a lot of us after um, Sandy Hook, the fact that there was nothing done after that was kind of a oh wow, this is this is just accept- this is this is acceptable to you all, and you know not to be morbid about it, but it was like no, like that's I think that was kind of like the death the, the death knell of like gun control legislation in this country of like oh look, this is if this is acceptable for white children to get shot up, then literally there. There's, there's, there is no hope. Mm. I want to be very matter of fact without, um, diving into like the fatalist, but no, like if if white, if white children can get shot up in a school and there's, there's nothing to be done, then I I don't know what else there is to do, um, or what else there is to say. So yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Mm. Okay. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts, Josh. Again, you all that are watching you click that carrot right here you'll see josh profile healing while black follow and support what's up sham um sam all right cool well let's go ahead and get into it you know i always like to start when i have guests on the who what when where why i learned that in school grade school was like the five what the five w's is, is kind of like the standard mm-hmm. you know we've already gotten into the who but i do want to ask you you know where you're at today mental health advocate for the Black queer community. Did you always envision yourself on this journey to this path? Or do you feel like you were just called into this path and it's where you landed? Uh, um, definitely didn't envision it. I, I don't even think I would say I was called to it, per se. I think it was a response to the... It was a response to my own... Uh, mental health struggles. It was a response to the anti-blackness and the queer antagonism that I received uh, from providers who, again, were trying to support but not realizing how their practices were also inflicting harm. Um, So I think it was just a, a, a matter of, I don't know what I can do except to just, you know, document this and try to present it in a way that maybe can can connect with folks um and it turns out a lot of folks did a lot of folks have um which is why i'm grateful to see you know the mass influx of, of people and of support be it monetary or otherwise toward black mental health toward black queer mental health to understand that there are particular identities compounding identities that we have which impact our mental health in ways in which sometimes white people just more often than not, white people just cannot understand. White queer people can understand. So that is really important to me um, to say that and to, to name that. But no, I didn't think I was going to set out to do this. I, I didn't think that I was going to, you know, be in this position. I'm, I'm grateful that I am. I'm grateful for all the love and all the all the support. But I didn't really envision this. No, that's that's really wild. Josh, where where are you from? Where's home for you? New York, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. 
okay, okay. That's where this demeanor is. Um, ah, there's a smile. I got the smile, y'all. I got it. I got it. I got it. You can't be mad at me. I got it. No, you and Will said the same thing. He's like, yeah, you, you don't give me Brooklyn vibes. You smile too much. I'm like, that's, I don't know if that's a true stereotype. I don't know. But, yes, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Love where you are, too. The books in the background. That's really, that's really dope. So, all right, let's get back to the very beginning. Like I said, this kind of all came about because we are, what's up, Keith? Just jumped into the convo. What's up? What's up? What's up? So it's funny he just jumped in. So I met you through this local group of friends, mainly consisted of educated, black, queer, affirming, gay, same gender loving, and some straight, because some of these men are straight too that are in this group. Um, I just first want to make space for that because I really and sincerely appreciate being able to <laughs> tap, having the ability to tap in to that space because it is very nurturing, but it also challenges the way I think it challenges the way that I move um, through my community. So I wanted to ask you, um, how has this group of black men that you've been a part of now for a while, how has it benefited you? And also give us one way that it has challenged you. Yeah. Um, I will say that a big part of, I moved to Philly just under two years ago. Um, and was really looking at the start of 2022. Like one of the things that I wrote down as like what I want to manifest for myself, I want to be in more spaces with, you know, queer, black, masculine identified people or black men, black queer men um, who are of like mind, who are of like, um, like attitude, who are very much so about community uh, because that's that has not been the thing I was able to access since I moved here, and it was I realized it was a really big, um, really big hole in my life. So really wanted to manifest that. That's and then I started to go to um, Hunger Deja uh, took me to Rex Philly, and that's where I met Marquise, and then um, able to build and bond with the Brusman, and that's how I met you all. You find all you find folks, all you find gentlemen, you know. But it, it it has been it's been a like a real like a life I've been a real lifesaver. Um mainly because I right. It's important to me to know that I am in spaces with other brothers me for my totality and not people who want to compartmentalize me based on their own comfort. Um that's important. It has challenged me to it's challenged me to not to that point. It's challenged me to not accept anything less, right? Because I know that like, there are people who who get it, who get me, who understand, who are affirming, and knowing this is the standard, right? I don't have to be in these spaces where I don't feel um, validated or affirmed completely. Moralistically, I don't have to be in these spaces. I don't have to do this because I know that there is an alternative of people who will do so and will see me for all the fullness of my identity. So it's very much, it's challenged me to be a lot more unapologetic um, and even a lot more selfish in the ways in which I show up in other spaces, even some of which are, are black 
identified spaces of, oh, you know, y'all, you know, some of y'all, some of y'all got some work to do around your sexual politics and I don't really feel like doing it. I don't feel like doing the work for y'all. And so I'm willing to excuse myself. And then if and when you do decide to make those changes, like we can talk, but I, I have a space where I can, I can do all that and be all that. I don't need you all to, to, to do that. So a little long one, but that's important to say. Yeah, no, I appreciated that. And <clears throat> folks that are watching in the comments, feel free to ask your questions. I want to circle back because Just Jay brought up something that I also wanted to ask you. Um, you mentioned specifically that the masculine energy, that masculine vibe was important to you. Why, why is that? Well, I think it's because, you know, the understanding of men need to do our own work but we have to hold each other to account we have to hold each other accountable to grow and to to grow and so it was really important to me to not only have this space to where we can then build and county but also just have a good time right you know as you know very well like a lot of our connections a lot of our time it fluctuates from very intellectual discourse to you know kiki in to you know, talking shit, all of those things happen within that time frame. So not to say that that's something that, you know, can't be done with femmes or with non-binary folks, because it does and it is, and I have those spaces too. And also I was realizing that that's, that's not as apparent or it's not as prevalent as it was for my femme friends or my non-binary friends, right? I also need this too. I also want this too. So not to say, I'm not trying to put a premium on it, but I was realizing that there was that was a space that was kind of lacking in my life. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Okay. So, all right. So let's go. Let's move on. So, um, what's up to everybody who's joining? Feel free to hit that carry button, follow Healing My Black, and support. So, so, Josh, the last time we were together, by the way, you just mentioned it too. Good times. Good food, mm -hmm. good vibes, like just all, all the things. Um, a conversation came up and you were talking about how you find yourself in the position mm. where you have to navigate some uncomfortable spaces. Be, being that specifically because you are in a position in your family that of being a provider. Right. You as a man have found yourself in, in some uncomfortable spaces that you've had to navigate people depend on you right. you were very passionate about the delivery of the fact the fact that people depend on you so i know that meant you love these people this is your family this is your blood i feel like so many of us including myself can relate to that yeah. um in so many different ways we find ourselves in this predicament especially those of us who are first generation anything mm -hmm. for those those of us who are trying to break general curses of, you know, poverty or, or, or um, abuse or what have you. Can you, like I said, because I think so many people can relate, Josh, can you talk to us about some of these spaces that you have been made uncomfortable to be in, but as a provider, you found a way to navigate? Yeah, I think a big part of that is just the work that I do, right? Um, working in diversity and inclusion, you know, was, it was a big, not, it, was, it wasn't a big jump because I've done it, I've done it for a very long time. 
but going back into the office where the, a big part of your position is to educate white people on how to be better. And I would, at this state level, I would rather not do that because I know that my energy, my time, my emotional labor, my physical labor, right, my intellectual labor, I would rather put that toward black black folks, right? Black, queer, and trans folks. Right? I would rather put that, that's where I would, that's where I see the most return on my investment, so to speak. Mm. Just putting it, putting it, putting it in a very um, singular point. And, and, right, yep. and, and on that note, yeah, I am working to make sure that what I'm doing now, what I'm doing with Healing While Black can pay the bills and can, can feed my soul and also put food on the table. That is not the reality at this moment in time right now. So I have to do things that I would rather not do in order to ensure that folks are okay. And also I have the energy and the resources to put toward my passion project. So yes, would I rather be doing this full time? Absolutely. There are competing responsibilities at this time that I have to recognize. And that's hard, right? It's definitely challenging. And also reminding myself that this is not a permanent state of being. And as we move forward, this is something that I've made comfortable and made, I mean, uh, apparent to my folks. So like, yeah, like I can't do this forever. I'm not going to do this forever, right? So we need to think about how, how we're going to move and collectively strategize because I don't feel like setting myself on fire to keep y'all warm for the mm. rest of my life. Oof. That was a powerful statement. Um, you know, let's go back to that because you you talked about that exa- that exhaustion that we often experience, especially you know in those positions, in those spaces, those workspaces, those social spaces where, as an example, because there's so many different kinds where you find yourself having to educate white folks. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. And I know for a fact, and I can't put my name, a name on it. Maybe you can. Um, leaders that have come before us, black leaders, um, black thinkers that have come before us, before us have specifically um, talked about this mechanism in a way that they exhaust us. They, <laughs> some of them know exactly what they're doing and it's to keep you from nurturing and pouring into, like you said, the things that are going to make you better in, in, in your Black spaces, your queer spaces, your trans spaces. Um, I just wanted to bring that into this conversation. And, and I wanted to ask you, you know, how do you find that balance? Because like you said, you some shit just got to be done because that's just where you are. As a Black man in this community, how do you, how do you find that balance? So you don't, you know what I'm saying? Start to unravel. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important to not only communicate where I'm at, um, but what I have the capacity for. Uh, sometimes I, I don't have it, right? Until I come home and I don't have to give, right? I'm trying to just, you know, lay down on the bed and I will take care of it when I take care of it. I don't feel like talking on the phone. I don't feel like talking, you know, to nobody. I don't feel like doing any more healing my black stuff. I am tapping out for today. And that's okay, right? Because you all deserve that time to say, like, you know what? Not today. I ain't got it to give today. Um, 
I want to make sure that I don't have those days because I don't want to, I don't want to just drop everything. I don't want to drop the things that I'm passionate about. So I'm really, um, what's the word? I'm really selfish about how I'm spending my time right now. Right. Um, going to therapy. I am doing things that make me happy, right. Doing the things that bring me a sense of joy that have nothing to do with work. Right. You know, like picking out ties, playing dress up, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> to do what I do uh, for my nine to five. So I can remind myself I'm a full person outside of this. And this is just what I do. This is not who I am. So all necessary at this point in time to remember, because as you said, like pe- people, institutions will take and take and take if you let them. And they won't stop until you have nothing else to give or until you work yourself to death. Until you lights out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't want that for myself. I don't want to, you know, tap out, you know, and, you know, or not even tap out, but I don't want to, you know, just pass out even, you know, before I'm 30 because I just kept going and I didn't have any means to pull it back or slow down. I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for my family. Um, so that's been a way, that's, those have been the ways in which I balance. And then also seeking, you know, counsel from friends and family and loved ones who know me and who can just tell me the truth of like, yo, like you're exhausted, right? I can I can look at you and know that you are exhausted emotionally, mentally, physically, and I want you to take a vacation. Or I want you to utilize your work from home days, right? People that will hold you lovingly accountable because you know that it is coming from that space of wanting what's best for you. I like that. And it's, um, to me, it sounded more like, um, it's absolutely friendship. Absolutely. But it's also, it's sounding more like community. And I think um, this past week, for some reason, that word, more, more and more people are talking about community as it relates to friendship, because to be honest, you know, people are moving, people are growing and people are like, wow, I actually need a little bit more. And some of the things that you just mentioned, um, that intention of being there as a friend and pointing out like, hey, this is where you can help yourself. And this is also where I can step in and help you. Right. Let me come over and help you, you know, do some things around the house that you may have wanted to do. Um, I think we, a lot of us are in need of community in that way. Um, let me see what else I got here. I wanted to ask you, we talked about, a little bit we talked about, and we hear, we hear this infamous phrase all the time, getting the bag, chasing the bag. And, you know, on one hand, getting the bag is beneficial. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to build a legacy. Mm-hmm. You're trying to put some food on the table, take care of your family. Like, I, I definitely understand that. We talked before, talked about breaking those generational curses of, of poverty and things like that. So, you know, getting getting the bag, chasing the bag can be beneficial, but it can also be harmful. It can also be really toxic. Um, it can keep you away from your family. It can keep you away from nurturing friendships that you need to be working on. Um, it could put, you know, some people in compromising positions where they're, you know, maybe compromising who they are or compromising morals to to get the bag. So I want to ask you, Healing While Black, what would you say is a blessing? Give us one blessing and give us one curse of chasing the bag. Uh, a blessing is being able to say, like, hey, Ma, I got I got you on this, right? Like, you have to take care about this. Like, babe, while you are 
you know, shifting in a a new city in a new space, you don't have to work right now, right? Or you have to go to a nine to five and being able to know that I can do that and I'm not stressing myself in regards to like sacrificing my bills, right? Like I'm paying my bills and I can take care of this. The household is is maintained, right? That's beautiful. That's a blessing and I'm I'm very grateful and I'm very thankful that I'm in the position to do that at this time. And as everything, there's a cost to that, right? That means I am out of the house, what, 10 hours a day when I was working from home, you know, this time last year, right? I am having to navigate and negotiate personalities that I'd rather just not be around because it's very clear that y'all don't have my best interests at heart and y'all don't have the best interests of my folks at heart, but you think that y'all are good people because you are, you know, insert whatever, you know, uh, uh, service role, right? Mm. And having to then, like, carry that and go back to my friends, go back to my partner, go back to my family and, you know, not be may not be able to put that down as quickly or as as easily as I, as I would like, and you know, like you know, it, it, it's it's one of those moments where you realize that like, yeah, like it is a blessing to do. Like yo, a big one line when he said like yeah, the more money you make, the more problem, the more problems you get, right? And having to ask people, having to tell people like oh snap, like I want to help you, and I feel bad that I, I should help you, but I can't right now. Like, I do this, and like I don't want to feel like I'm you know being bougie and all of these different things, people like kind of guilt tripping you. And I don't want to, I don't want to make this out to, I don't know how to say this. I don't want this to come across as me complaining, right? These are just real conversations I've had to have with myself around as you are in a position to do, as you're, as you're in a position where you have more, yes, you can do more. And we don't, always have those conversations around what is the, what are the costs associated with that and we definitely don't do it as men um in my experience we don't do it as queer men as heterosexual men as 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 as, as light as enlightened as we you know are we still have a lot of work to do to say like man like this is a lot and it is hard to shoulder at times but I don't want to feel as if I am letting somebody down in the process. Um, so there's a lot there, right? I'm, I'm thankful, I'm fortunate, and also it really takes a lot to, to have that balance of, yes, you can do this now, but you can't do everything. Mm. You know, we're, com- we're coming to the end of this discussion, and... I will say that one common theme that has come up in this discussion is, you know, nurturing my own garden. I can't, if I keep giving out, giving, 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 I won't have anything left for me. I won't have anything else left to sow, to regrow more. So that way I can be present. I can be here. Um, The last time we were together with the homies, Mm. Ray, asked you um he said you know brother i hear you. you 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 have a lot of responsibilities you have family that's dependent on you but how, how are you tending to yourself and i want you to let that marinate because he asked you that and that was a few weeks ago so i want i want to know since then how has josh t- 
tended to himself and for the people who are watching, jump, don't, make a comment. How have you been tending to yourself lately? It looked a lot like leaving work at work, you know, leaving, leaving what is at work at work and saying that, you know, this is a Monday problem and I'll deal with it on Monday, right? And be able to do that and be able to know that, yeah, when when that happens, at some point in time, I have to deal with this, right? It doesn't have to be right now. It's, it looks like hanging out with my loved ones and my friends. Um, that's how I tend to myself. That's how I tend to me. And like reading, right? One of the things that, um, one of the projects that, brought me great joy was counting every book in my house it, right it was beautiful and literally i was i couldn't have been happier right right now i am logging books in a repository so i have them literally couldn't be happy and just doing the things that i know fill me and feed me in that way and doing a lot more of that and then again as i said before Remembering that, yeah, like you have interests, you have hobbies, you have dreams outside of work and leaning into that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I was I was saying last year, like um, toward the end of last year, I was like, I want to try, you know, see what's going on, with, you know, plus life modeling. Right. Like, you know, I'm looking at all these demographics. I'm like, yeah, I'm not the same. I'm not the same size, you know, same shape. I know I'm not. I know I'm not ugly. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, no, no, I'm not ugly. Wait a minute. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Not that and, bad at all. Hey. Right. Like really, just leaning into that and seeing what can happen, what can come, and reminding myself that I have dreams and and goals and 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 things I want that have nothing to do with work and that make me incredibly happy. That fills my cup. In, in a lot of great ways. I love that. Um, and in a similar fashion, I've definitely been like tapping into that eight-year-old Eric, the things that brought me joy, um, the way I used my imagination as a, as a kid. Um, I've been tapping into that this week. So I will say that's how I've been tending to myself. <laughs> and I've also been writing more. <clears throat> that brings me peace. And reading brings me peace too. Okay. So... Wow, Josh, I just, I'm, I'm hung up. And I really want to thank you for dialing into this space tonight. Um, everyone watching, this video will be available on my page for you to watch if you missed it or if you want to go back and watch. Um, and I also will be stripping the audio from this video and I will be making it a podcast episode. And so it will be available on all podcasting platforms. All you got to do is search at Hung Up Pod, H-U-N-P-U-P-P-O-D. And um, I just want to say thank you and peace and blessings, brother. Absolutely. I'll probably see you this weekend. You will. <laughs> Good night. Thank you, y'all. Thank you.